Hey, hello and welcome to the Terror Express. Today we have someone that horror fans know from movies such as Piranha, The Howling, both Gremlin films. She's also an Emmy Award winner for the best after-school special in 1974 called Runaways. Today we have Belinda Belaski. Hello, Belinda, and welcome to the Terror Express. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. It's nice to be here. One of the first things I want to talk about, you have photographed such celebrities such as the Doobie Brothers, Cindy Lauper, Neil Young, Johnny Depp, Alice Cooper, John, Queen Elizabeth, Prince mm-hmm. Philip, to name just a few. Who's been your favorite and most memorable celebrity to photograph? Oh, my God. You know, everybody who's in front of me, I'm so fascinated by mm-hmm. um, people, you know, and yeah. uh, I mean, I, I, I Jackson Brown just came up for me really strong because, you know, I love and adore him. Um, yeah. Somebody who I really always wanted to shoot and wasn't able to was Joe Cocker, you know, oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I was right. really fortunate to um, my very best friend uh, was the sound engineer for Crosby, Stills and Nash. And and in between working, which was a lot of time in between, um, I, I would um, he would, you know, he'd be either recording them or they'd be playing this gig or that gig. And, and, you know, he'd say, Hey, they're playing up in Santa Barbara. I want you drive up with me. I don't want to drive up there by myself. Right. And so I would go and he would give me press passes and I was able to be, you know, like in the box with um, Henry Diltz and people like that. And, um, and have this advantage of shooting. And I, I can't sit still at a concert. I'm just like one of these people that cannot. And so it was, it was, oh no, I have to be shooting. I mean, Uh, people say, how was the music? And I go, I have no idea. I was (laughs) about my left eye, you know, (laughs) you know, and I totally understand what you mean because when I'm shooting, not, not on the entertainment industry, I, I don't do many concerts. But when I'm outside shooting in the winter here in Michigan, we get very, very cold winters. But my camera makes me warmer than any coat can. So I know exactly what you mean by that. Right. Now that I hear that. Now I I shot over 30 years of rock and roll and I've put together Mm. a book that I'm trying to get published called Rock and the Causes. Rock and the Causes. Most of the um, concerts were cause concerts because they were CSN and you know, mm-hmm. they did a lot of different causes and usually people like Bonnie Raitt and Jackson Brown and James Taylor and uh, Doobie Brothers. And, you know, they'd all be a part of that genre of, of concerts, you know, cause concerts. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was really fortunate to shoot the five nights in Madison Square Gardens called Muse back in 79. Everybody on the planet came, you know, so I was able to, you know, just really have a very diverse um uh, a little archive of amazing, talented people. When did your passion for, for photography begin? Was there was, around was there the in, in 1950 the- when I was like maybe three or four years old? My yeah. dad got me one of those Kodak cameras with the big flash on it, and you put that big <laughs> square thing in it. And I yes. wore this thing around my neck yes. until I was I at least those. fifteen. No, really, <laughs> I was. <laughs> I'm in none of the family photos because I'm always taking the picture, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Same here. But, you know That's what I mean. The, the curse of the curse of loving the cameras. You're always on the wrong <laughs> side when it comes to family photos. Oh, I, I know, but it was just, I loved, I loved every second of it. I mean, I was just like, yeah. I felt like a news reporter or something, you know, I don't know. It's just like really, <laughs> really fun to, um, 
you know, just be able to isolate a world, you know, and frame yes. up, framing up is really what it's all about, you know. And, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's very cathartic and therapeutic as far as um, expression and creativity goes, too. A lot of people don't realize how, how artistic creating a photograph can be. Oh, really? It's true. But mostly you're just lucky because you're shooting, you know, yeah. at a 30th oh, of yeah. a second with your film pushed to 400 mm-hmm. and hope to God they didn't, you know, that it's anywhere close <laughs> to being in focus, you know. Now it's all digital. But when I was digital. shooting, yeah. yeah, no, when I was shooting, we did not have that luxury. So. Yeah, no, you had to get lucky and just hope that was that was the shot. <laughs> sharp and, and good to go. Now, you mentioned rocking the causes. Did you say you're working on it or it? it I have a demo book. I mean, I have yeah. a I have a demo book that I've I have not been able to show to anyone because all these publishers mm. are like, you know, here, not here in LA, they're like always someplace else, you know. And yeah, yeah. And so, but I've, you know, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to get it out there and find the right person that would be really interested. I mean, it's an archive of such amazing people. Yeah. You know, yeah. you walk into most bookstores and you want to pick up a book about, you know, musicians, say Bob Dylan, you know, it's going to be a book about Bob Dylan. It's not going to have anybody else in it, you know? Right, right. And this yeah. is very different because it really does have everybody from our genre. Yeah, there's definitely a niche, uh, a place for this book. And uh, I hope I hope uh, things come to fruition for you Thank very you. soon. Yeah. That because I would I do- love to get my hands on a copy oh god i decided maybe i should just go about trying to self-publish it and stop worrying mm-hmm. about figuring out trying to figure out the whole book world you know and just get it yeah, out the it. Yeah. book publishing world is like you uh, know yeah it's, it's gotta be entity uh, <laughs> yes now we we've touched a little bit on your photographer side. Let's talk a little bit on your writer side. I, I did hear that you wrote a play over 20 years ago that got rave reviews back then yeah, and I is did. recently yeah. being reproduced in New York. Well, there 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 is a slight possibility now. There was mm-hmm. a possibility that was a lot stronger, but then COVID kind of was wiped COVID. that. Yeah, yeah kind of the COVID era. Wash that under the bridge. But, you know, oh. it, you never know. It may resurrect itself. Uh, yeah, that would be. That would be nice. I would. That's that's also exciting. If you know, if you hear anything on that, and if if, if they decide to get it back where it was pre-COVID, uh, let me know. What what was the name of the play? It was called the T Files, and which stood for the Teen Files because uh, when I became a foster parent and my daughter was placed in my home, I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't want to work anymore, you know, like in the, I yeah. didn't want to be out, go on location. I really felt like she needed to be be stabilized in school. And so I yeah. kind of quit acting and I, and so I opened up a school for kids called BB's kids. Nice. BB's and kids. Yeah. This is like my email. And so, uh, and so, <laughs> uh, and so I, I, um, I, had a group of kids that grew up sort of with my daughter, you know, that, mm-hmm. They were all like five, six, seven, and then suddenly they were like 18, 19, 20, you know. And I said, Man, aren't you getting tired of doing scene work? Let's let's write something. And they're like, Oh my god, are you kidding? And I'm <laughs> like, it, it, sit down, you know. And we sat in my circle and did, you know, this some uh just you know, talking. And out of that, I just created these improvs and and uh and one thing led to another and it turned into a really, really cohesive piece um, that um, I then uh, we did it twice. And then mm-hmm. I took it to um, I had heard of this Corky Dominguez, who was um, 
at the Mark Tabor Forum. Uh, but he, I had heard that he had done this amazing thing with this these teen um, Latino kids, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, because this play is a little rough. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to call this guy up and <laughs> just say, hi. And I did. I just called and said, is Corky there, you know? And he got on the phone. It was phenomenal. <laughs> and I told, we talked and I told him about it. And he said, I want to come see it. And so he came to my class, this little classes room. And he watched my kids perform the show. And he said, oh, my God, is this a play looking for a director? Oh, oh my God, are you oh. a director looking for a play? <laughs> and so he directed <laughs> the, the marriage happens. Oh, my God. It was so great. He was so amazing. Oh. He did such um, uh, innovative things with it. You know, like, like I don't know, he could choreograph fights between the guys. I would never have yeah. done this. You know, I'm a girl. I would, never would have thought of it. Um, you know, he just really brought in some really, um, so a rhythm into the piece that I, yeah. uh, being an actress, I was, I did a lot for you know be from where i stood you know but i had never done all the put all those hats on that i was quickly changing every five seconds from (laughs) writing to producing and now we're going to find a theater and then we're going to you know and and somehow it all came together and we really we got standing ovations almost every single night and we had just excellent an exceptional la times review and it really should have gone farther, you know. I really should yeah. have. Um, I should have furthered it myself, but I was so involved in my life and ended up back in the islands and doing other things. And you know, I really just uh, uh, recently put it out there to a couple of people, and both of them jumped on it. And uh, uh, it's very possible one of those two options are going to come to fruition. Um, oh, good. My, I just don't know which one, and I don't know where it will be. It might not how, be. How, how did uh, BB's kids fare through the the pandemic? I know we're hopefully I, at the tail end of this pandemic. How is how is it present? I had retired it by then. Um, okay. Around two fifteen, I think I closed our doors. I also know that you paint. Do you? What what what's your style in painting? And do you have any artwork that's available for sale to the public? Oh yeah, so I have a website and everything. It's all over the place. It's Belinda-Belaski.pixels.com oh, is nice. one I'll website, and then my for sale website where I have things that are for sale. My originals for sale is um is different. I'll I'll send them to you so you can yeah, and I'll I'll put in them. the absolutely yeah definitely yeah. put those in the. Just but I have I've nice. just created a thing on Instagram now and I have a thing on Facebook so you can see a lot of my paintings there. But I I was a when I was a child, I was like mm-hmm. um three, maybe four years old, and my mom had put us to bed and then she'd come back in a few hours later, make sure we were all tucked in. I'd mm-hmm. never been yes. in my bed, never, ever, ever. And <laughs> I always remember, Belinda, where are you, Belinda? You know, and I get littler <laughs> and littler and quieter, you know, <laughs> to hide wherever I was. I was always like hiding in the closet or hiding in the under the stairs, or I was behind the couch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she'd inevitably she'd find me. She'd open the door that I was behind and what are you doing? She'd say, I see I'm drawing. It was like I was always drawing. I never, I mean, the only thing that stopped my, me from drawing was my acting, you know? You um, mentioned a few minutes ago that you have many hats, and we've discussed a lot of them. We've discussed the, the acting, the writing, the 
photographer, teacher, painter, mother, uh, out of all your hats, what's been your second favorite? Because we all know parenting is always going to be the best hat for everybody. But what's your second favorite hat that you've worn? I love to do everything that I do. I mean, I love to write. I love to shoot. I love to, mm-hmm. um, I, I love to activate my brain, you know, and my yeah. spirit. So, so I have a question for you now. So, what draws yeah. you to the horror to um, this genre of film? Uh, my my family. My my earliest memories of of being a child. I was five or six, and <clears> I just remember spending time on the couch with my mother and my sister and being curled up between them and, and watching movies. Like um, the one that I remember most was a hammer film that had Christopher Lee. And I was, I just remember the fear that I had and my mother making me feel safe. And I think, so now I, I relate the, the fear to safety and the, the comfort that oh, that's a, a mother can give. Oh, yeah. yeah wow. it's, maybe it's, and then my sister was there and we shared a lot of memories. My sister since passed away. So I have a lot of, horror memories with my sister so that I, oh, that I wow. really hold, hold close. Um, so I think, I think it was the, the family time together that the emotions were, were high during the scary movie nights higher than any other time. So that's it really, really interesting. I've heard. I so like many to be scared <laughs> when you like to be scared. That's so funny. I do. <laughs> I hate it. My parents had put us to bed and then they were watching. We'd sneak down and peek and watch it, you know, through the stairs. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> now she wouldn't let me watch raunchy like comedy i remember I, for me to sneak down and watch something through like the slats of the staircase it was usually the movies that had a lot of nudity in it oh yeah but for some for, but for some reason if it was a horror movie it it kind of slipped by it was but okay. if it was a comedy i wasn't allowed <laughs> like, come on, son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes you can't see this natural beautiful thing called yeah, nudity but we're gonna let you watch the right. violence and all the, the gore that's right. fine you can see that but, but you can't see breasts it's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> which i have to say that was a beautiful shot when betsy was being taken under the water how was how was that filmed you being uh, dragged under the water there yes it is it's a very effective shot um mm-hmm. i i have to admit when i saw it i was like oh nice you know um yeah. it was shot with about 30 piranha tied to my body by with on fishing wire uh, and gaffer's tape. Okay. And I then carried all these fish into a pool and, um, and they tied this rope around my feet. Now I'm a really good swimmer. Okay. And I'm fearless. So, you know, th- that was the thing that worried my dad the most. I was fearless. Still <laughs> and, and I, I'm like, Oh, let's do it. I'm good. But, you know, and they're like, Oh my God, she's going to do it. Yeah. I was going to do it. So they tied this rope around my feet and all of the crew guys kind of went into the pool, which is an Olympic sized pool. And I got um, just like right under the surface of the water and they just pulled me all the way back to the other side. It looks nice. like I'm down. But yes. I yes. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I love, I love knowing information like that. Now, when I watched it, the beautiful shot, which will remain beautiful. <laughs> now it will have, now I'll have knowledge with it. People say, yeah, wasn't it yeah, scary yeah. to work on gremlins? And I'm like, scary? What do you mean? Well, the gremlins, weren't they scary? Are you kidding? There's like 30 guys on their hands and knees blowing through straws. <laughs> There's nothing scary about that to me. <laughs> Did you get to meet Corey Feldman? 
at oh, all. I've when known Corey since he was five, you know. Yeah. In, in Gremlins, he was five, but I've known him all all the those years, you know, all this time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was fortunate to get to meet and work with him on a movie in New Mexico in 2019. That's why I was just. We have. I'm. I'm one. I'm one degree from you, so I can oh. say I'm one degree from Belinda Blasky right now. Let's get back to Gremlins for a minute. And you're seen with Polly Holiday. How was it working with Polly Holiday? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm supposed to show, I'm supposed to shoot the next day. Okay, right? Yeah. So it's like yeah. eight o'clock at night, and I'm like, God, I'm pacing in my house, right? Finally, I said, Okay, that's it. And I called Joe. I said, Joe. He's like, What? And I'm like, Joe, I I, I, I don't have a script. He said, a What? I said, A script. He said, That's okay. Neither do I. He said, What? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> He says, he says, just come in and improv. I said, come in and improv with Polly Holiday. Why don't you just set me up with Carol Burnett? I mean, what are you talking about? You yeah, me- there's no stress there. <laughs> I said, what's a gremlin? He said, I have no, no idea. Your pacing probably just increased a bit. <laughs> he says, I have no idea what a gremlin is. No, I said, I... <laughs> I said, what's a gremlin? He goes, I don't know. I said, what is the movie? He said, don't worry about it. Just we'll see you in the morning. I'm like, oh, my God. So I arrive in the morning with this wad of papers. I'm like, look, I kind of panicked. <laughs> I wrote I wrote about 50 scenes out. <laughs> Would you look them over? <laughs> he looks at me, rolls his eyes, takes my papers off to his trailer. He comes back five minutes later. The first scene's perfect, he says. I said, oh, okay. He said, so take your lines to Polly and let her come up with hers. <gasps> I don't even know huh. her. How do I don't even know her? He's like, she's, she's Carol Burnett again. right there, right? I'm like, oh, my God, you know. I just love her so much. And I was like, yeah. okay, she's not Alice. She's Polly Holiday. You know, she's an actress just like me and a person, yeah. human being. Yeah. And I can do this thing, right? <laughs> knock, knock, <laughs> knock, you know, hoping she didn't hear me. <laughs> Come in, she says. And I came in and I, I threw some of those lines at her and she turned around. She looked at me. She goes, and now you know what to ask Salmon for for Christmas, don't you? <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, yes, nice with you too, so dear. She, she wasn't oh. even Polly. Now, now she's Miss Deagle. Oh, she was. She was like she came right up out of her mouth. I mean, she was oh. great. She was so great. Oh, I love. I laughed that. so hard. I was really fun, and um, yeah. yeah. Every I like, every I like watches to, it every Christmas. You know, it's crazy. Oh, it's a great, it's a great Christmas movie. I mean, from the <laughs> beginning, from the beginning song to Phoebe Cates's monologue about Santa Phoebe Claus. No, got it. What a, a sweetheart! Yeah, her monologue is just the best thing ever, isn't it? So the first question that I have for you in the Express is: When's the first time in your life you recall being afraid? I think it was on that mountain. Um, I had, I was behind my sister we were on our hands and knees going up this mountain in, that was covered in snow and she had her ski poles in her hand and i had my ski poles in my hand but we were on our hands and knees kind of crawling up you know and i was about yeah. five and mm-hmm. um she five was an important year for you it was <laughs> it was a yeah. big year I, yeah it was a big year for you. i'm sorry go, go ahead you're on your so right yeah. on 
Um, and her hand slipped and that ski pole went right in my right eye. Oh. And I was fine. I mean, I really was like, yeah. oh, whoops, you know, and it was kind of like, you know, she turned around and saw me and the horror on her face was like, what's wrong? You know, because I really didn't realize what was happening yet until I looked down and I saw this blood all over the snow. And my dad, oh. he was, suddenly there was my dad and he just picked me up and scooped me up and not remember anything after that. Tell us about a, a experience you've had with the paranormal. I have had experiences that I can't deny and I can't. I can't do anything except embrace, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Like at the time of my father's accident, uh, I didn't know. Of course, I was in a completely different location that my body physically went down at the exact same moment that his body went down. And mm. I literally was paralyzed in the same way that he was paralyzed. Um, but I didn't know he was paralyzed. and I didn't know he had been in an accident. It's like my body went there. Do you know my body was so connected yeah. to him? Do you know wow. that I yeah. had I I thought someone had given me a drug. I was completely misinterpreting what was happening. Wow. Um I had no idea what I just really didn't never occurred to me that something could ever happen to my father, do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was it, it, it was um that was the most psychic moment that I've had. And I've had so many of them um, yes. that I tend to um, believe in them and give great credence to them more than normal life. A couple of quick questions here for you. Do you sleep with your feet covered or uncovered? Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm covered, absolutely covered. I'm always freezing. I ask that because I'm I, I always have to have my feet covered because I'm always I always get that feeling something under my bed is gonna grab me if they're not. Oh no, I can't so have like, any limbs hanging over the bed. <laughs> no, no, I no, I can't either because there is something under your bed that's going to grab you and pull you under if you do. Oh my god, that's for just, sure, absolutely. That, I mean, I that is to me the that's there's a huge when I ever since I was little, like nothing could be dangling over the edge of the bed. No. No, for sure. So I would imagine your closet door is probably closed all the way too, because that thing under your bed has a friend and it lives in your closet. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't even say that. I'll never go in the closet. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Would you rather sleep in a haunted house or spend the night in a cemetery? Haunted house. What will be your legacy? Oh, God only knows. I have no idea. Probably my daughter, she's such an amazing person. And I have been so blessed to be able to raise her. And mm. um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, everything else is just things, you know, do you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah I do. And I, I, I think that's always my favorite answer when somebody who has a kid says their kid will be their <laughs> legacy. That's that warms me. Cause I, I'm the same. My, my, my daughter, my, my soon to be grand, my, I have my first grandson on the way. He'll be here. Oh, that's Those are my dream. I want grandchildren. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so no, no grandkids yet. No, there's no, no talk of grandkids. Maybe. Oh yeah. Future. Lots of talk. We both. Lots of talk. Yeah. Lots of talk. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope, I hope uh, one day I'll be, uh, visiting your Facebook and I'll I'll see the announcement. I'll be very oh, happy. Wouldn't that be you. awesome? Okay, yes. that sounds good. <laughs> yes.
Well, I, I thank you so much for being here on the Terror Express. I have had such a wonderful time chatting with you and getting to know you some more and learning some behind the scenes information from the Howling and Prana and the Gremlins. And it's been it's been great fun. It's been really fun and talking to you. Yes, thank you. Enjoyed it. And yes, if you would like to do it again, call it, let me know. I will absolutely do that.